morning, Ray. Good morning, John. How are you today? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing fairly well. Uh, I noticed that my uh, good morning, Ray, is a little bit more enthusiastic than the last episode. Yeah, you were uh, a little more serene, sedate. Yeah, relaxed. Were, I was editing that one, and uh, like, man, I just came in kind of flat. <laughs> uh, you know what, John? We all have different types of days. Yeah, different, different types of days. Different emotions that go on in the day. But today, don't start with all that psycho babble, Ray. That mumbo jumbo. <laughs> Whatever. On. All well, right. Let's welcome everyone to another episode of Saturday Morning Sales. Yeah, Meeting. let's. Shall we? We shall. Let's do it. Go. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. I'm sure they all feel welcomed. They should, because yeah. I just welcomed them. Right. I talked about welcoming them, and then, and you, then I welcomed them. Then you fulfilled it, and now yeah. we're discussing the fact that... That everyone's welcome. They, are, they have been welcomed. You haven't welcomed me. Welcome, John. Thank you. To another episode of Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. That means a lot to me. I know it doesn't, but whatever. Uh, so, we already have a topic that, uh, you know, I'm ready to jump right in, but would you like to talk current events? Uh, sure, it's a beautiful day. It is gorgeous. I think my, uh, um, what do you call those things that tell the temperature? Uh, thermostat? Is it a thermometer? A thermometer? But if it's outside, is it still a thermometer? Yeah, I don't think where it's located has any bearing on its name. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you take your own temperature with a thermometer, the location can vary. But, but, <laughs> and but it, it's and still it, called it, a it thermometer. It is still called a thermometer. Yeah. Yes. But if you get one of those big round ones, you know, that uh, all our parents had in the 80s. Yeah. Those it, are still thermometers. That's yeah, a thermometer. That would have a different name for that. Why? Because what if uh, what if you tell somebody, hey, when you're going to the store, will you pick me up a thermometer? Right. Well, uh, well they're going to bring back the little long thing with the mercury in it, right? All right. Oh, I, I, that's your fault for not specifying. I'm going to have to Google that during the break. There's got to be a better name. During the break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love when you're going to do things during the break. <laughs> well, so... Uh, so, for like a week now, my home thermometer has been reading 45 degrees. And it's sometimes believable. Interior or exterior? It, it's, it, I have a thing inside, but it has a thing outside. So, it's reading the outside temperature? Yes. Okay. And it's read 45 for like seven straight days, all times of the day. Yeah, I would call that broken. But every time I look at it, I'm like, eh, it could be 45. Nah, it it hasn't maintained 45 consistently. (laughs) I know, but I can't tell if it's... Just the time of day you're looking? I don't know (laughs) if it's... Is it wrong at night or is it wrong during the day? It's kind of like a broken clock. It's right twice a day. (laughs) It probably is. Yeah. Anyway, I think the batteries are dead. Yeah. I would put new batteries in it, but I've run out for some reason. Could you fathom a guess as to why I've run out of batteries? Uh, Because you didn't buy enough to to facilitate all the needs of batteries (laughs) that were going to occur? Because I I didn't buy enough to put new batteries in your mouse every 10 days? Uh, It's not every 10 days. (laughs) Yeah. The the last two times, my... A lot of clicking. 
my uh, uh, wireless mouse mm -hmm. has run the course of its battery life. Yeah. It's been with you. Yeah. At which time I say, man, the batteries are dying. Actually, you noticed it the last I time. Know. Why, why did I say something? Right. And and it's been when I've been with you and I've said, well, gosh, do you have some batteries? And lo and behold, you did. Hold on. I need to get that. Yeah. I, you know. This is an Ethereum alert. Ethereum is down 1.28% in the last 15 minutes. Oh, God. Sell, sell. <laughs> it's a free fall. <laughs> Don't catch a falling knife, Ray. That's that, what they say. That's your... Uh, in, the old, uh, in the buys and sells. Like we there. talked about on our last episode. That's your side hustle there. Ethereum yeah. being a uh, cryptocurrency. Buddy, I was big in Ethereum. Yeah. That's uh, that's where I got my crypto start. All right. I bought 2000 Not Bitcoin. Listen, I bought 2000 Ethereum for $7 a piece. Okay. Wow. You, you know what they're selling for now? Yeah, 1500. Yeah. Yeah. What what's 2000 times 1500? Uh it's a lot. It's a little between uh 3 and 30, 4 000? million, I believe. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cuz 2 times 2 would be 4 million. <laughs> two times two is four. Two times two, two is million. Four. No, you've been wrong all your life. No one ever told you two times two is four million. No, but two thousand times two thousand is four million. Using that new math, are you? Two thousand times one thousand is three is two million. Okay. Did I say all that right? Probably know. not. No, anyway, I, I, and I haven't been maintaining interest in what you're speaking of in order for, to be able to correct you. Minutes. Yeah. For the last two hours. Much yeah. less will be recording. For as long as I've known you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll drink to that. Amen. Hey, I went to the grocery yesterday and I got uh, they had on sale. Is that tea? No, this is uh, Werner's ginger ale. Oh, I like it's Werner's. The best ginger it's not ale. ginger ale though, is it? Werner's Ooh. is like a its own proprietary blend. <laughs> Like Mondavi or something? Yeah, I, I, it's just, uh, I don't think it's like just ginger ale. I, I picked up some Apothic Red as well. That's a uh, wine blend. So you're oh, okay. saying Verner's is like the... Yeah, it's its its own unique, uh, okay. kind of like Fresca. It's got a very, no, it's ginger. It's got a very uh, peppery, spicy taste to it. Right, it, really it, like it. It, I think it probably has a ginger base okay but it's not you think there just, are other things in there besides ginger oil it's not a ginger ale like i don't even think it says on the bottle ginger ale well there's uh, it's just burgers okay kind of like i'll look uh, it up during the break what's the uh what's the soda from north carolina the red uh, coca-cola no it's red it's uh sheer wine cheer i love cheer wine yeah that's probably my first or second favorite soda really yeah all right, not for putting peanuts in though. I don't. I don't think I like peanuts in any of my sodas. Oh, I like okay. put peanuts in wine, and really, it's almonds. All right, gives it that smoky taste. Yeah, sure. Well, I don't of drink course, wine. the almonds have to be smoked. Right. <laughs> if you've never first, tried you start drink. with smoke. <laughs> No, you could get you could buy smoked almonds. I've had smoked almonds. I yeah. have. I'm very familiar with get the Blue Diamond almonds. brand. <laughs> or why are they a new sponsor of well, you? Well, it's more of a blend of nuts. <laughs> it's a blend. It's a, a blended almond. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, Shearwine has. I think it has the highest caffeine content of any soda. Really? Yeah. Well, that Other than like an of, energy drink. That makes me think of Jolt. Remember Jolt, Cola? I do. Jolt was gum. all the sugar, twice the caffeine. 
I think was there. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, I think well, that was. They're probably out of business with a slogan like that. <laughs> I don't know. When I, I, I kind of that, that slogan made me want to buy a Jolt. Right. When you were in need of one. <laughs> yeah, I remember buying those like as a kid. You know, ten years old. Mom, can I have a Jolt Cola? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. But where are you? As long as we're going to the park, you're not right. going to have one if we're sitting at home. Anyway, uh, and baseball practice. You know, we always had to have a jolt cola before we went to baseball practice. Because what you know, a horrible like idea! Performance enhancing cola. <laughs> yeah, what a horrible we had, idea! We had a, always had a pack of Gator gum. Right. Remember that? I do. I remember that. Gatorade gum. I, I remember coming back, coming home from practice in you know little league. And stopping, we stopped at the same uh, convenience store. Yeah, it was called Tinico. Okay. And getting a big Gatorade and drinking that whole thing within like. Feeling that you were famished. Two minutes. Yeah. Just guzzling it down. And it tasted so good. No. I was just replenishing all the liquids. All the liquids. You know, when uh, when I played at University of Florida, yeah. we had to weigh in at the beginning of practice and weigh out at the end of practice. And it was common to have a 10-pound weight difference from weighing in and weighing out. That yeah, was that's average. A, lot of, a gallon of water weighs 8-point-something pounds. Yeah. 8 pounds around. Yeah. It was commonplace to, to lose. And this is, you know, in Gainesville, Florida and... Practicing in the in the swamp. Yeah, yeah. Good times. Oh yeah. Good times, Ray. So go ahead. You got you. You have the topic of the day, John. I do, and it is a uh, an article from dealerrefresh.com. Dealerrefresh.com, and it's by our good friend uh, Joe Webb. Oh, you know Joe. Joe. Webb? Yeah. Joe Webb been in the car business a long time. Been a uh, a motivational speaker. But he doesn't live in a van down by the river. <laughs> he, uh, you know, you notice that everybody's a motivational speaker these days. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, we need more motivational speakers Amen. in the world. Amen. I like I like doing motivational I, speaking. I've run into a lot of demotivational speakers <laughs> in my life, especially in the car business. Right. Uh, my my motivational speech is get off your ass, yeah. go sell a damn car. Amen. This is an old article. I just noticed it's from 2016. Oh, gosh. That, was, it, that was pre-Bitcoin. Does it even apply? <laughs> yeah. So uh, there are many people in our industry, he says, with the title of manager, but very few who deserve it. Sounds like an article I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he has some pointers. If you're a new sales manager, if you're an old one, but you suck, it may be time to get better. <laughs> Uh, if you're, uh, if you're a dealer, if you're a salesperson, if you're a service advisor, this may help you. So he says sales managers are leaders and motivators of people. Uh, as I've said countless times, uh, the sales manager role is the most important position in a dealership. How many times has he said it? He has said it. I can't count the times because it's countless. It's countless. Which okay. means zero times right. he said it. You can't count zero. Yeah. Anything above one you can count, but okay. So he, in other words, he said it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So he has four points here. 
we'll just skim over these and kind of touch and go as we want to. Uh, number one, motivate their team. Number two, monitor their team and hold them accountable. Number three, train their team. And number four, crash TOs and close deals. And I like all four of these. So it's motivate, hold accountable, do training, and then be there to close deals when they need it. Right. You agree? I, I agree across the board. Okay. So who is the most, mo or, or tell me some characteristics of one of the more motivational managers that you've that you've seen, worked for, worked with? Uh, you know, I've talked a lot about Raleigh Gettings, uh, very motivational. Uh, there was a guy named Joey, and I can't remember his last name, but he was uh, he was fun. He kept it uh, down to earth. Yeah. You know, it wasn't uh, so stuffy. Co common characteristics of what you yeah. would consider a motivational manager. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they're very positive. Yeah, they were always positive. Um, I mean, hey, if if something didn't go right, something got under their skin, their emotions came out. Absolutely. But, but I think most most people in the car business are... So, so I would say generally positive and, and genuine. go ahead. And genuine. No, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of putting a label on what you're saying about, you know, the emotions came out, yeah. things didn't go right, they weren't, you know, brushing it under the carpet or saying no big deal. They were calling things out as they were, and I would consider that a genuine characteristic, right? Or, or the characteristic yeah, of genuine. genuine. All right. Anything else that uh, applied to the more motivational? Nah. I, 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 I don't I think, think – I think short engagements are more motivational than long speeches. Agreed. Right? I mean, I think there are those who I've, I've known who would probably consider themselves motivational. They didn't know when to stop. Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah. You're in the Saturday morning sales meeting, and man, they're just, you know, okay. they could have stopped in the first five minutes, okay. and then you would have walked out going, all right, that was good. But yeah. instead, they went on for another 30, and you're like, holy cow, what am I going to get? Yeah. So it's usually not new information after the first three minutes. Right. Right. It, it's just, rehashing the same point you made in three minutes. Right. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, let's go sell yeah, something. Yeah, I, I picked it up, yeah, 20 minutes ago. All right. Uh, hold them accountable. We've talked about all this stuff. Hold your people accountable. Uh, training. We got to know the importance of training. I mean, you can't you can't motivate and say you must do this, and I'm going to hold you accountable, but then not tell them how you right. expect that to be done. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just, just talk to a guy uh, hiring for uh, a dealership, and you know one of the things that he mentioned was that he appreciated in a manager was or supervisor was them setting clear expectations and giving him goals to set and good communicators and I think that that goes to to what you're talking about absolutely it does Joe has an interesting uh, little euphemism here you want to hear it uh no ah, I changed my mind yeah let me hear it okay it goes a little something like this right <laughs> a little jingle I got <laughs> can, can you get a count off <laughs> come on that's Somewhere it's something quite incredible. It's waiting to be now. 
He says, as a sales manager, make it a point to be airborne rather than chairborne. Hey. I love it. I like that. Yeah. I always talk about those sales managers with Velcro on their ass. Absolutely. Right? They just have a hard time ripping out of that seat. Got magnets in their pockets. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Laying them down. So there are four things here that, I mean, this is really so, why I brought And before article. we get to that, yeah. uh, just with regard to the things you said, I mean, we're talking about motivational, accountability, training, and then we, we kind of brushed over the TO aspect because I think you're moving on to the next section, right? I am, yes. So the importance, I mean, we can't stress it enough. We've talked about it over and over again of being available, and I would suggest not doesn't matter the industry, but as a manager, being ready and available to take over the engagement with a customer. But it's funny because as I'm thinking through each one of those four things, I think of a different manager that I've come across with each one. Okay. Right. You you know have those that are more motivational. You have those that are more training focused. Uh, you know we're constantly working with their people. Those are the accountability guy, and then you've got those that you know are kind of the floor manager, ready to take a to. It's like playing Madden football. You, you only have a set number of points you can give to each attribute, right? right. Well, so yeah, right, right, <laughs> or D and I mean, whatever it is. So, do you think they're somewhat mutually exclusive, or or do you think it's it's yeah. possible to to be all four? No, I think you can be all four. Yeah, right. I mean, obviously, you know, each individual is different. You're going to have different strengths and weaknesses in your personality profile, right? But yeah, I think. Uh, it, and I think you should it, recognize that on your own. That's just what I was going to say. Yeah. It's it's being self aware enough yeah. to say what are the things that I gravitate toward because typically the things you do well or you feel you do well are the ones that you're going to you know raise your hand to to perform those tasks and the things that you're not as comfortable with whether it's because mm-hmm. you know you don't really know how to do it or what be honest with yourself enough to say, hey, these these are my natural abilities. These are the ones that don't necessarily come naturally to me, but I need to invest in myself to become better at those things. Absolutely. If you, if you stop growing as a person or as a uh, in your profession, right? Then yeah, I mean, you're dead in the water. My, my uncle used to say he owned a, a small business, actually took over the marina when my... Uh, grandparents no longer ran it and he told me one time john if you if you're ever in business for yourself you have to keep growing he said you're either growing or you're going out of business because your competition is growing right you know your competition's looking to get a little bit more market share a little bit more market share right and if you're not doing that then you're slowly going out of business yeah i've had coaches that have said any day you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Yeah. Because there's somebody who you're going to compete against who took that opportunity to get a little better. So they just got one notch on the rung above you. Right, yeah. So, yeah. Comes across loud and clear, Ray. Airborne rather than chairborne. Uh, so, yeah, they, I like this because he says, you know, here are things you can do as a sales manager. You know, motivate, hold accountable, train, uh, close deals. But then he goes on, just like we said, you can't just give your people a directive and not help them learn how to do it better. Yeah. So he he does exactly that. In this next section, he says, hey, 
Okay, now you want to go do those four things? Here are some ideas of how All right. you can do All those right. things. All right. So, love Joe. Yeah. yeah. Joe, Joe knows his stuff. So one of the uh, things is daily check-ins. And it's funny. He says, at noon and 5 p.m. <laughs> well, that's hardly daily. I would call that uh, twice a daily. <laughs> anyway, I, I would say daily is fine. But he says, check in with your team, uh, you know, review CRM tasks, uh, you know, ask if there's any help they need on certain deals, you yeah. know, just kind of see where they are in the day. And that's part of that accountability picture, right? Yeah. You know, well, it, if you don't get everything done today, now you're going to have twice as much to do tomorrow. Right. And I like the, the you know, what did he say, 12 and 5 or something like that? Yeah. Because if if I know every day, at, you know, let's say, according to Joe, at 12 and 5, then it's just going to become a natural activity of my day that I know every day at 12 and 5, hey, man, it's time, you know, it might be 12.15. I look down the clock, oh, God, it's 12.15. I need to go do this. Yeah. Or, so if you set that designated time for yourself, then I'm going to do it or you know, let's say not everybody is going to do it daily, but okay. So if I'm going to do it every, you know, it, it, if you do it enough, it becomes a habit and then it doesn't become so difficult to do because it's just a natural course of your week or your day. If you do it daily, which we I see recommend what you're saying. just consistency. Yeah. Be consistent, but, but set that, I mean, almost schedule it. Yeah. Right? Put it on your calendar until it just becomes that second nature. Yeah, until you don't need it on your calendar. Right. But if you don't, if you just say, yeah, man, I need to do this daily. I mean, how many things do you, you know, I should start doing that. And you do it once, and the next day you do it a little later, and then the following day you miss it, but I'll do it tomorrow. And then you, yeah, and then it just goes by the wayside like so many things. Absolutely. So he says on this, it's an interesting point. He says, expect to spend less than one minute with each person during this check-in. Yeah. That's a quick check-in. Yeah. But I think that's a great point is it doesn't have to be a 15-minute ordeal with 10 salespeople. Well, hell, now that's 150 minutes. Right. You can't spend two hours doing this every day. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you if you do one or two minutes, hey, everything good? You need anything? You know, uh, have you done your task? You know, what I mean, you can check in the CRM yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I think that's cool. That's a good idea. Daily check-ins, and, and I would have them. You know, I would keep a notebook, right? And I would have them give me, you know, hey, who's who's your top two prospects right now? You know, who are you working on? And I would write them down. So tomorrow when I check in, I go, hey, what, what's going on with Jim Smith and uh, Bill, you know, Franklin? Well, you're turning that into a longer meeting. That Hold that thought. All right. I can see the article. You can't. I can't. No. no. Okay. So the, the other thing, this is really interesting as well. He says process trainings, you know, a couple of times a week, do a 30-minute group setting on process and also product trainings. He separates the two. Okay. So he says, you know, do a little training on process and how are we doing? You know, what do we need to improve? Is this working? But also do product training. I don't think enough people do product training in dealerships. You know, even... Uh, uh, I mean, you know, there, there's a certain level of, of forced product training, well, right? right? I mean, you've got your quarterly, you got to do your OEM, you know, required uh, trainings on what's new and what's changed. And then you've got the... The manufacturer reps who come in with one of the new vehicles and you, everybody stands around while they demonstrate some of the things and aspects. 
Yeah, but I tell you, I love the uh, little walk-around contest. Have oh, you ever man. done one of these? I have. I man, love them. I used to dread these as a salesman. I mean, because <laughs> who knows what vehicle they're going to pick, yada, yada. But, I mean, even if you say, hey, see that Jeep Grand Cherokee over there on the showroom floor? Uh, in two hours, we're going to do a little walk-around contest, you know, do whatever homework you need to. But, yeah, it's a great – it doesn't have to be an embarrass your staff moment. Right. right? It can be a – uh, you know, let's joke around, let's have fun, and, and let's. Uh, it's, it makes it very clear who needs help with their presentation. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or just you know, call everybody sales tower, walk over, and just you know, randomly choose somebody. Hey, do a walk around for everybody on this vehicle. <laughs> that's that's putting them on the spot. Yeah, but hey, they're put they're put on the spot every time a customer walks on the lot. So, yeah, if they could do it in front of that and recognize the fact that that's probably the most anxiety-producing way to do it. So if they can do it in that environment, they, you know, it's going to be nothing for them to do it with a customer. You'd have to work out the uh, details of you can't pull all the salespeople off the floor to do a little training session, though. Yeah, well, all available sales, yeah. right? I mean, you know, you, anybody who's staying around is yeah. It's in, a in slower walk- late morning Tuesday. Yeah. And the walk around, I think you could. But if uh, if you're going to do some longer, like more intense classroom type training, you know. Yeah. I think you well, need to break walk it around up. on the sales floor. You know, if you're not the guy doing <clears throat> the walk around, then you kind of stay to the back of the crowd closest to the door. So when somebody walks in, you're the guy. Hey, everybody else is tied up. I know I'm going to get that next up. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, we always had a designated guy anytime we were in a sales meeting. Right. Who, you know, somebody would come back, hey, uh, I got a customer on the floor. All right, hey, uh, John. Yeah, go get him. Yeah. Yeah. It was usually the top guy, too. Right. Of course, because why would you send the crappy guy out there? <laughs> he needs to be in the train. Right. <laughs> All right, so this last point in this little section here is have save-a-deal meetings. Now, you and I have heard about this for years. Everybody in the car business knows the managers get together, the finance, the sales I've been managers. in many a save-a-deal right. meeting, yes. And, and we talk about, okay, what deals do we have working? Okay, you got any special rates, any new rebates? How can we put this together? Do we need to bump the trade? You know, oh, yeah. all this stuff. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Ely actually had a, uh, a, a separate tab in their software that was save a deal yeah yeah interesting i don't remember saying that yeah all right so this says do that one-on-one with your salespeople once a week have a meeting set up okay and you can in if you have a dust log if you have a crm log you can print out a list of everyone that person's logged for the week right and say okay let's go through these and i think that's very it's very important because the sales manager can learn just as much as the, the salesperson. Yeah. You know, we may have some instances where, uh, you know, this guy walked over $500 or, yeah. or $20 in payment. Well, it might be close to the end of the month now, and I would have taken that deal. Right. But, right. So it might tell me, hey, I need to remember on the 14th not to give up that $500 deal that I might take on the 29th. Right. So... That case, you know, there's a ton of examples. Do you have any? Well, I I know being in many a save a deal meeting, um, as we were going through those people who were logged and not sold, um, it 
it did not go very well if names came up and no manager had any knowledge <laughs> of the person. Right. right. Somebody in the room amongst the managers better have worked on that deal at some capacity. Well, and you're going back to the managers having a save a deal meeting. Yeah. This but is more but I think about... the, the managers save a deal meeting, it requires one of the managers to have had an individual save a deal meeting with the salesperson. Well, I don't, I mean, you follow what has, I'm saying? I do, but I don't agree. Well, then I mean, you're because wrong. Because it's, I don't think, no, I don't. I don't think it's common practice for a manager to have a save a deal meeting once a week with a with a salesperson. Not once a week. I think they work the deal, right? And, and then when you're in the manager's meeting, whoever worked that deal speaks up right. and says, "Here was the situation." Right, but but you've been engaged with the salesperson to the point that yeah, by working the deal, right? But not yeah. by having a save a deal meeting with the salesperson. All right. That's what I'm saying. This is a new concept. I don't think it's in very wide practice. Okay. I think, and I think it's a really cool idea that people could put in place. All right. Once a week, we're going to review all your prospects. All right. <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've consulted with a dealership that did that, that they would bring up on the screen yeah. the CRM and they would, you know, go through all the people who had been in the showroom with the managers in there and say, hey, Jimmy, what happened with so and so? With the salespeople and the managers? Yeah. Yeah. In a staff meeting, you know, a kind of an all-hands meeting? Yeah. A couple times I, a week? I don't think that's as common. No? Which I, it's it's again, not common, but I've, I've participated in those, and they're effective. Yeah. yeah, I have to. But but I still think this is kind of a fresh idea, and it's from 2016 from Joe. Right. Is one-on-one, -on -one, manager and salesperson, review your leads for a week. Okay. Have you ever seen this happen? No. I haven't either. That's my point, Ray. <laughs> Maybe there's a reason. Okay. Because <laughs> it's a stupid idea. <laughs> well, I happen to love it. And uh, I would do it. Anyway, some other examples of, of fact-finding here, things you could uncover. Maybe you find a weakness in the salesperson's process. You know, is he when is he throwing in the trade appraisal? Maybe he's doing that at a weird time. Uh you may find. See, I still what? think that that those are things that you're going to find out when you're working the deal. So you're saying work the deal, and you never have to revisit that with the salesperson. Once you're done working the deal, right? If you if you know what occurred, right, then now you kind of see where that person lost it. It's kind of like on that. that one deal, but that salesperson may have worked several deals with several managers. Right. Well, you're talking about one manager meeting with him yeah. once a week. Yeah. Well, that may not be the manager who worked the deals. That's out of what. That's a. That makes it a great idea. <laughs> he but, may. The salesperson may say, "You know but, what? That guy let him walk over ten dollars a month." Oh, okay. So you're seeing it as a manager accountability opportunity. No, well, no. There's a lot of areas of opportunity here. All right. It could be one. GSM does this or something. Right. And he gets to understand a little bit from the salesperson's eyes what's going on at the desk. Okay. That's just one advantage, one opportunity to, to learn. Okay. It could be, I mean, obviously, the point is to help the salesperson get better. Absolutely. Ultimately, oh that's the goal. Lord. Ultimately, that's the goal. What a difficult freaking point to make. Yeah, well, you brought up the point.
<laughs> Joe Webb brought up the damn point, Ray. I'm just agreeing with the man. All right. Jeez. Jeez. Jiminy Go ahead. What do you got? Go keep let's let's roll right on. Uh what a, I don't even care anymore. What does it say here? <laughs> you know, and the more I've thought about it as we've been talking, I think the the daily one minute check-in, mm-hmm. I think that's stupid. Now that I think about it. Fair enough. Uh, How how long is that going to last if all I'm doing is just saying, hey, you doing okay? Great. Have a great day. And then moving on. And there's no content involved. Right? I mean, hey, in your imaginary world, you can throw some content in there. Turn it into a seven minute meeting. And probably the salesman's going to be sitting there going, yeah, yeah, I got all this in the first minute. Well, I'm not sitting there for a whole training session. I'm actively engaged in a conversation where I'm asking questions and they're <laughs> revealing information. Right? What do they, I already got it. What do they already get? They're answering my questions. <laughs> I already got the answer to that question. <laughs> Great. Share it with me. (laughs) Monthly (laughs) forecasting meetings, he says. One-on-one with each salesperson. Uh, So it's basically, you know, determining your goals for the next month. Right. Right. Well, so I know we've we've both been in dozens of these or hundreds. And the way they go, let me finish this. The way they go is during the first sales meeting on the first day of the month, with all the salespeople in there, they say, hey, uh, how many are you going to do? How many are you going right. to do? How many are you going to do? How many well, are you going to do? No, typically it goes, okay, you did nine this month. What's your goal for next month? Ten. Right. Okay, good job. Or, next, uh, or, what's or, your goal? Or my goal is nine again. Oh, God. You're, uh, <laughs> that's all you want to do? You don't, you're going to do nine every month? You don't want to grow? All right, I'll do 12. Okay, great. And yeah. then they <laughs> never, nine. yeah, it's never discussed again because at the end of that month, they go, okay, you did nine again. <laughs> what are you going to do this month? <laughs> well, and there's always, I don't know. What do you want me to say? <laughs> there are always two salespeople. One of them says, oh, yeah, I did 12. I'm going to do 21 this month. Right. Hey, that guy's got it. Uh, That's the way. (laughs) You guys need to take a lesson from Billy over here. But then the funniest thing is one of the managers will say, 21, how are you going to get there? What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to follow up better. I'm going to send out cards. You've never done 21 in your life. What makes you think you're going to do 21 this month? The salesman legitimately has some ideas of how he can get better. And the manager goes, well, I'm going to put you down for 19. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh, God love this business, huh? Uh, Okay. Monthly forecasting meetings. I like it. Realistic. Uh, yearly performance reviews is his last point. You know, of course, I think we ought to do, you know, performance reviews on a daily basis. Right. Yearly, I, I yeah. think if you are doing active performance reviews, you know, to rehash the year, I think that's just too long a period to discuss. And, yeah. you know, has, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe you can, you know, have quarterly or something or, or have a, an annual meeting of, you know, Hey, here's, you know, here's what come up with two things you're going to work on over the next year. You know, I mean, whether it's books you're going to read or things you want to get better at, or, you know, more long-term thinking growth and, and goal oriented 
more long-term goal-oriented kind of stuff. Yeah, and I think one of the – you do these interviews all the time, and I've heard a few of them, and one of the things that most people have said in those, I think you'll agree, when you ask them about what did they like about a previous manager, you know, think of a manager you liked, right, what did you right. like about They all say that, that they felt their manager was um, – involved in their future success. Yeah. Right? That, yeah. That, that 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 person you're talking to, they felt like their success was important to their manager. Right. Right. So yeah, it's just another way to kind of attach yourself to your team's success. Right. And and common another common thread is clearly spelled out, you know, not just what I did right, but also what I did, or not just what I did wrong, but also what I did right and clear path to correct the things that I didn't, that I wasn't doing as well at. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, is that, have to that be over communication kind of thing? And, you know, I mean, I think too often we assume as a manager, well, they know, they know what they need to be doing. Right. Well, all right. Maybe they do, maybe they don't, but why not take the time to let them know, Hey, this is what I feel like you need to be doing. This is what is going to impress me for your your growth here. Yeah, that's a difficult thing for me. You know, the, the the way my brain works, the logical nature of the way I think. When I'm looking at a spreadsheet or I'm looking at a performance, I'm looking for all right, where are the errors? You know, if we can remove the errors, everything works perfectly. Right. So I'm always. I guess it comes from going to school to program. Right. You know, writing code. Well, if all the code works perfectly, then hey, no problem. Right. But if it doesn't work, if the program doesn't work, we got to find the error. Right. So I'm always looking for errors. But I think it's important when you're managing people and leading people, you kind of got to get that. If that's the way you think, you got to hold that back a little bit. You got to say, hey, congratulations. 95% of what you're doing is working wonderfully. Absolutely. And here are some examples of your wins that I've noticed. And by the way, here are a couple of things you need to work on. Yeah. Well, it's like yeah, Dan Guitard, he would always say, you know, do a compliment sandwich. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know, something good to start with, I've something they need this. to work on, and then something good to end with. You know what they say, Ray? Life is like a poop sandwich. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't like those analogies. The more bread you uh, have, yeah. the less poop you taste. Right. That's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> You don't like a visual? No, not that. Not. So you, you probably don't like like poop jokes and bathroom humor. I, I don't at all. No. I don't at all. Did you have a bad experience with no, poop in your no, childhood? No, no. I just, yeah. Does it bring up, does it, nah, uh, what, is nah, it? what, what, what do the that. kids say nowadays? Does it, uh, it's not a, trigger me? Yeah, does it trigger, no, do poop jokes trigger No, I just, it's, you know, why? I, I dated a girl. I dated a girl one time that hated tomatoes. Would not eat a tomato. Would not stand to be around a tomato. Couldn't watch other people eat tomatoes. Wow. Well, so we're talking about it one day, and she's like, "Yeah, I had like four older brothers, and I was the youngest." She said, "And they would hold me down in the garden and shove tomatoes in my face." Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So she couldn't stand tomatoes. Yeah, I imagine so. Uh, I, I knew a, a guy who hated chicken, and it was a similar scenario. When he was a kid, he got kind of trapped in a chicken coop area with and, chickens and got attacked oh. by these chickens. Like they were pecking at him and chasing him and scared him to death. And 
climbed the fence to get out of there and had a couple of cuts on him from him. <laughs> and yeah, and he, you know, anything to do with chickens. He, so would he eat chicken? No. See, I would think, you know, you would want your revenge. Right. Ha ha ha. Peck me, will ya? As you buy me that next nugget. <laughs> Uh, well, hey, I've started a new show today, Ray. First of all, I'll, I'll give a review of a past show I just finished. Oh, good. I just binge-watched. John's Review. Yeah. <laughs> see, we took a break right before this so we could move into the John's TV show review section. <laughs> Did I miss the break? Well, we added in post. <laughs> We're going to add the break in later? Yeah, we added in post. <laughs> we can. So we don't actually up. get the advantage of a break. No, but we're the, gonna add a break in once we've completed the entire thing without yeah, a break. That's how oh. it's done in the industry, Ray. Oh God! You just keep on talking straight through, and then in post, we put in a little curb music and uh, curb music. Yeah, is that the uh, the industry term? I learned on this in my Phoenix College online podcasting course. <laughs> yeah. Well, you did you pass that course? Because I've oh, heard yeah. your phone go off, no, and I know information. one of the one of the key principles in podcasting school is turn off your no no devices. No, that's very wrong. It's a common misconception, Ray. <laughs> I, you need to have your phone on so you can get all these up to the minute news bits. Oh, okay. So yeah, this uh, ETH is down one point two nine percent. So in case anyone is that was, more. Or that's the same notification you received at the beginning of the program. No, it's a new Before all the breaks that we're going to add later. It's <laughs> We've already taken the break, right? No, we're going to take the break after we're done, and then we're going to insert that break into the podcast that we've completed. You're that's breaking ridiculous. the third wall. You're not supposed to do that with your listener. Listen, I'm real with the listeners, and I think they appreciate it. Uh, uh, you, you I tell to, it like it is. I don't play the, you know, third that's why, wall. That's why actors wall. never look at the camera, Ray. Uh, anyway, getting to my review, the show Billions. Billions. It was billions of great times, I'll tell you that. Okay. <laughs> I had billions of... of uh, Heartfelt moments. Okay, so you, it was a drama. It was a drama about a billionaire, believe it or not. And he's a, a hedge fund manager. He owns a capital company, Axe all Capital. Right. And it's all about you know his his uh, toils and turmoils and strife. So were there any wins and losses? Were there funny moments? It was all just you know were there tear filled moments? The, the thrill of all... victory, the agony of defeat. Was it action? Would be considered Achilles' problem. Action kind of film. They have a couple of blisters there. All right. Anyway, yeah, it's very good. Uh, a lot of there's everything. It's three seasons. I watched in about a week. Anyway, my new show. It's called Your Honor. I've just watched episode one, season one. And then they made you pay for it. Yeah, I told you about it. it it's this kid who uh, has an asthma attack and accidentally hits a. Another kid on a motorcycle. Right. And his dad is a judge. Yeah. So and that's the your honor aspect of it. Yeah. But you don't really know if that's... But you know it's funny. That's what it's about, like, all the way through, because you've only watched 
the first episode of the first season. Right. But it's uh it's a play on words, you know, like your honor. Right. Speaking of, you know, the judges. Because it's some very honorable thing to do. Yeah. To cover up your kid's misdeed. Well, you, we don't know yet if he's going to do it. All right. You got to pay to watch more episodes. <laughs> but it's also, he's a judge. So you so address him as your, your honor. honor. Yeah. It's a great title. Any show with a title that clever, it's got to be a good show. Not necessarily. Yeah. All right. Agree okay. to disagree. How about that? Never. I think we need to go outside after the show and right. settle this. Who's <laughs> who's right and who's the, the idiot? Yeah, who's a moron? Who's the moron? What a maroon. Ray, I would like you to do me a favor. Okay, well. Could, could you thank everyone for joining us today? I could and I will. Please do. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We do appreciate you listening. And we hope you'll join us again here on Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. Like to learn more about John and Ray, visit our website, SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com, where you can also listen to additional episodes or read articles we've written. Or email us directly, info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. We'd love to hear show ideas, comments, feedback. What about dealers and sales managers, Ray? If you're a dealer or manager who would like more information on our sales training, BDC training, new hire training, or process evaluation and improvement, simply email us, info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. And don't forget about the total dealership assessment, Ray. That's where we come in, evaluate the sales process, look at the lead flow. I mean, if you've got leads that you're not handling properly, we can help. And we can help both on the variable and fixed operation sides of the dealership. Right, and these are immediate action items that you can put in place tomorrow to sell more cars or write more ROs. Right, simply email us, info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. That's info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com.